Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. Psalms 141 today. Good to see Roxanne and Bob this morning. Amen. So good to see them. Uh, good to see the uh, those that have not been able to be here for whatever the reason may have been. And those sicknesses taken some and so on and so forth. And during this time of year, sometimes there's programs that people go to, the family members or such, and other churches and so on and so forth. The Masons out today uh, offering their services to another place. Amen. And so the Lord is with them. Psalms 141. Psalms 141. I just want to read the first two verses of this particular psalm today. The Bible says, Lord, I cry unto thee, make haste unto me, give ear unto my voice when I cry unto thee. Let my prayer be set before thee as incense and the lifting up of my hands as the evening sacrifice. Let me read verse two one more time. Let my prayer be set forth before thee as incense and the lifting up of my hands as the evening sacrifice. This morning, I'm going to talk to us about prayer set, prayer set forth as incense. Prayer set forth as incense. Can we go together to God in prayer right now? Lord Jesus, God, I need you. Lord, we need you, Lord, in this place, God, in this house. I pray, O oh Lord, today, God, we lean upon those everlasting loving arms of God. What do we have to dread? What do we have to fear? But leaning upon the arms of the Lord. I pray, O oh God, Lord Jesus, touch our understanding today. Give us the Lord Jesus direction. God, for the next little while, Lord, here this morning, will not fail to thank you for it. In the lovely name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. You may be seated in Jesus' name. Many of the Psalms throughout the book of Psalms gives us a behind the curtain view of the moaning of the soul. We hear oftentimes the moaning of the soul or the unheard, the unheard thoughts of the mind that takes place through the Psalms. Some of them are prayers in of themselves or songs. A lot of them are meditations of the psalmist that maybe no one else was aware of until he put pen to page and wrote them down, but here with us in Psalms 141 is a personal psalm, a personal prayer that is shared with us. Unlike some of the psalms, this psalm superscript in your Bibles, you may have it. It happens before verse 1 ever happens, but the superscript or heading of this particular psalm tells us exactly who wrote it. It says this is the psalm of David. This is one of the prayers of David. He is sharing with us a very intimate conversation that he had with God, that he had with the Lord. He, we, we are uh, afforded the opportunity to sit in on David's prayer closet uh, now because he has written this down, to hear uh, the communication that he has given unto the Lord. And he has recorded it, no doubt, for our consideration that we would take into account. And we can learn a lot if we were to read the entire chapter of Psalms 141, learn a lot from David's prayer and maybe even how to pray. But I want to concentrate this morning on verse number two again in particular. Let my prayer be set forth before thee as incense and the lifting up of my hands as the evening sacrifices. Uh, there are a couple other places in Scripture in God's Word from Genesis to Revelation where there's this marriage of prayer and along with incense as well. One is when Zacharias was in his office and law functioning in the temple of offering incense before the Lord. And there's another one found in the book of Revelation when there's an angel in the heavens uh, mirroring the, the tabernacle that's on earth. There is that heavenly tabernacle. And the angel of the Lord came uh, to what seems like the altar of incense to offer some things there along with the prayers of the saints. In Zacharias, though, the Bible records for us in Luke 1 and verse number 8, and it came to pass that while he, speaking of Zacharias, executed the priest's office before God in the order of his course, according to the custom of the priest's office, his lot was to burn incense when he went to the temple 
of the Lord. And the whole multitude of the people were praying without at the time of incense. There appeared unto him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zechariah saw him, he was troubled and fear fell upon him. But the angel said unto him, Fear not, Zacharias, for thy prayer is heard, and thy wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son, and thou shalt call his name John. Zacharias's responsibility executing the priest's office of his hour was to burn incense at the altar of incense. And yet the Bible records as he burned incense, the people, the multitude in the outer court were praying. For a matter of fact, it seems as though that maybe Zacharias had been praying himself as he offered up that incense because the angel of the Lord, when it appears distinctively, says unto him, thy prayer is heard. As though Zacharias offered incense and also praying. So we have this intertwining of both. The, the incense being burned and prayers being offered at this time. The angel of the Lord though. In the book of Revelation chapter number 8. We see this occur again. The Bible says in verse 3. Another angel came and stood at the altar. Having a golden censer. And there was given to him much incense. That he should offer it with the prayers of all the saints. Upon the golden altar which was before the throne. And the smoke of the incense, which came with the prayers of the saints, ascended up before God out of the angel's hand. This angel, again, seems to be attending in the heavenly tabernacle, the same office that Zechariah offered in the earthly tabernacle. It's offering up, the Bible says, much incense has been given with it. And he's offering that up, though, along with the prayers of the saints. So angel is offering both incense and the prayers of the saints, as it were, up unto the Lord. And the smoke of the incense, along with the prayers, ascended up into the heavens. And so in these two examples, in Luke and also the book of Revelation, Prayers and incense seem as though they were individual components that were offered up at the same time unto the Lord. For that matter, we will come to find out perhaps later if I can get done today. I don't know. I'm fearful of that. But nevertheless, uh, if we can get done, we'll come to find out that there were several other components that took place simultaneously as incense was being burned, such as the lamps of the candlestick being trimmed and, and making sure the oil was refreshed in them, the timing of the morning, the evening sacrifices taking place whenever incense was burned in the morning, the evening as well. But it is Psalms 141 that David asks that these two individual components of prayer and incense would be considered as one. That they would be considered as one. David's request is, let my prayer be set forth before thee as incense. David was never a part of the Levitical priesthood. David was not a son of Aaron. So his involvement in priestly duties within the context of like the tabernacle was next to non-existent. He was not a part of the Levitical priesthood. But one doesn't need to be a part of the priesthood and involved in the priesthood duties in order to be aware of their practices. And so the Levitical law and the commandments of the Lord gave very careful instruction to the people concerning morning and evening sacrifice. And along with the morning and the evening sacrifice, the law prescribed that the lamps of the candlestick should be trimmed and that they should be lit with that fresh oil put in them. It renewed the reservoir, refilled, and that the burning of incense would accompany all of this. David didn't have to be a priest to know that that's what the law prescribed. He didn't have to take uh, participation in that function in the courts in order to know that that occurred. David knew that a Jewish man, a Jewish woman, that the life of the Jew, that prayers seemed to always coincide uh, with these practices of morning and evening sacrifice. David said in Psalms 55 and verse 17, he said, evening and morning and at noon will I pray. And cry aloud, and he shall hear my voice. Someone say amen. So although the tabernacle in the wilderness was made to be portable, to be mobile, right? They would tear it down and they would set it up all throughout the wilderness journey. 
And although it was made, but whenever it was erected in, in a stationary place, that all the tribes of Israel would be encamped around about it, and the tabernacle would be the center point and the center focus of all the tribes. Amen. As it were, even the times, amen, of David's life, leading up to David's life, that tabernacle was the very center focus of all the tribes of Israel. It was mobile. It could be erected. But in David's lifetime, there were times in David's life that he was geographically nowhere near the tabernacle. There were times that he did not, he did not have the ability just to walk, amen, over to the outer court of the tabernacle. He was geographically not in a place where he could do that. As a matter of fact, of scholars and their opinions, the setting of Psalms 140 to Psalms 143, you know, all the Psalms, whenever they're written, they have some type of background to them, what was going on in David's life or in the history of the world at that period of time. Well, those Psalms that include the one that we're talking about today, they say was either during the time when Saul was pursuing David or whenever Absalom rose up in rebellion against his father. And so if it was either of those times, if it was when Saul was pursuing David, then David was a fugitive. He was running for his life, away from his conspirators. And it was at those times that he was set at distance from the house of God where the incense was burned. If it was during the time that his son Absalom rose up and rebelled against him, the Bible says whenever that occurred, that David left Jerusalem. Absalom is in his turmoil and upheaval. He wasn't going to stay around for it. He knew some bad things may come as a result of it. The Bible says he left Jerusalem. He went over the river. He separated himself. If I can tell you this, whenever he decided to leave Jerusalem, he was separated from that place where incense was burned. And so here's David in Psalms 141. Choose either of those episodes, and he's a man that's separated from the house of worship. He's a man that's separated from the house of God. He's separated from the place that incense was offered at a particular time each day, and it was burned. Yet in spite of all of that, though being separated from the house of God, and knowing that he was, he was still aware of the practices that took place in that place. And in his prayer, as he begins to start in Psalms 141, he, he says, Lord, I'm right here right now. I know there's times that there's incense that goes up and another component of prayer goes up. He says, but I'm set at distance right now where the incense is burned. But I got the other component no matter where I'm at. I got the other component no matter how far I'm set at distance from the house of God. And I'm asking in this moment, if you'll let my prayer, the other component, be set before you as incense Amen. Within the house of the Lord. I'm not literally there. I'm not close to there. I'm not next to a priest. But I got prayer I can offer it up. And though I don't have the other component of incense, I'm asking if my prayer can be set forth as incense before you. Young's literal translation says it like this. I wish I had it up there this morning. But it says, my prayer is, uh, verse 2, my prayer is prepared, hyphen, incense before thee. The lifting up of my hands, hyphen, the evening present. In other words, David isn't just asking for his prayer. And note this, this is very important today for our study here this morning, verse 2. David isn't just asking for his prayer to be as incense. Watch it now. He's asking for it to be set forth before God as incense. He's just not asking for it to be as incense, but that the way that it is presented the way that it is set forth before God to be as incense. The, the phrase to be set forth in the Hebrew means that to be firm, be stable, be established, be fixed, be enduring. Now watch these others. To be prepared, be arranged, be settled. In other words, David wanted, wanted the way that his prayer was prepared and arranged before God to be as incense was prepared. And arranged before God. Someone say all right. David understood. That there was an altar in the house of God. That was solely constructed. For one purpose. And that was to burn incense. There was one altar within the house of God. That was just for that purpose. 
this altar that was just for the purpose of burning incense stood right before the veil that divided the holy place from the holies of holies. It stood right before the veil where God would come down into that holies of holies Talk to Moses. His cloud would fill the house there upon the altar. Amen. The, the, the Ark of the Covenant and among the cherubim upon the mercy seat. That altar, that golden altar where incense was burned was set right outside of that place. Nothing was to be placed upon that golden altar of incense except sweet incense. No burnt sacrifice was to be laid there. No meat offering was to be laid there. No drink offering was to be laid there. Nothing but incense. And so outside of the Ark of the Covenant and the mercy seat, the place of incense that was right before the curtain that led into where God's presence was and all times visited, right there at that place, the incense was laid. It was the only piece of furniture outside the Ark of the Covenant and the mercy seat that was the closest to the presence of God when it visited. And so David is saying, Lord, let my prayer be set forth, arranged, settled before you as incense. In other words, Lord, if my prayer is to be anywhere, then let it be right before where God's presence visits. Let it be right before where God's presence comes down. Let it be the closest it can be to the place where God's presence shows up. Let my prayer be placed positionally right in that place where the glory of the Lord will come and have a visitation. Was it not, listen to me today, was it not the ninth hour, the time of the morning sacrifice, the time of the morning incense burning, that an angel of the Lord came down and visited a Cornelius in Acts chapter number 10, and he, he the Bible says Cornelius was there at that hour. What was he doing? Praying. He's a Gentile. He has no connection to the tabernacle, but he's a man that was praying. And the Bible says the angel of the Lord came down at that morning sacrifice, morning incense time when this man, Gentile, was praying. And the angel of the Lord said unto him, not only have your alms came up before me, he said, but your prayer has come up before me as a memorial. He had no connection, but evidently his prayer was set before the Lord. Amen. As incense unto God and God took notice. Amen. God took notice. Can I tell you today that what we offer to the Lord is no more set forth as incense when we're offering prayers to God. Someone say amen. I know there's times of frustration when we pray. I know there's times words are coming out our mouth and through our mind and it feels as though, you know, it's having no impact. It's having no effect. It doesn't have any reach. I understand that it's not going before any further than the noses on our face. I understand that. But I also understand there are times when singing can't do it. When a church service, as it would seem, cannot do it. That there's a time of solitude, just lavishing my love on the master that creates, as it were, a warm embrace from heaven that can just come down that I'm so in need of and I become enveloped in his presence because I've encompassed him with my prayer. Amen. For that matter, the incense being offered in many ways wasn't so much for the smell aspect as it was for the smoke that it provided. And that smoke would become a veil that it would create. So when God's presence came down, particularly on the Day of Atonement, when they actually went to the holies of holies with incense, amen, with a censer, and that smoke would fill the house, the purpose of that smoke was to veil them from the almighty presence of the Lord that would come. Amen. Among the different furnishings of the house of God, the golden altar of incense that stood before that curtain, before the very presence of the Lord. It was the tallest piece of furniture of any of the other furnishings of the tabernacle. It was two cubits high, or if you will, around three foot high. It was the tallest piece of furniture, if we could say it like that. It's the tallest piece of furniture that was known. So whenever David's saying, let my prayer be set forth before thee as incense, he's saying, let my, let my prayer, because 
whenever incense was upon that piece of furniture and was set forth on it, it was the highest position among all the other furnishings. When David says, let my, let my prayer be set before thee as incense, you know what he's saying? He's saying, Lord, I want my prayer to be the most esteemed above everything else. You know the old saying, we stand our tallest when we're on our knees? We stand our tallest when we're on our knees. Now, now, now that it's true. You can read in Exodus 30 the recipe for the incense. There was to be none like it wasn't to be used for any other purpose but for in the, in the tabernacle. It's true that the recipe for the incense, it was mandated by God. It was given by God. It was to be only for his house. But there is an aspect of all of that, of the incense and the preparation of the incense. I believe it weighed heavy on David's heart here even in the Psalms. The Bible says in Exodus 30 and verse 36 that that shall beat some of it. It's talking about the incense for the altar of incense. That shall beat some of it very small. And put of it, therefore, the testimony in the tabernacle of the congregation. He says you're to beat some of it very small. The truth is the incense on the golden altar, on that highest that highest piece of furniture, that highest furnishing before the Lord. But it was only set there. Listen to me. It was only capable of being there because it had been crushed and pulverized by the desire of God in order to be set on that esteemed place. Let me break down for this. Humble prayers come from humble people. And haughty prayers Come from haughty people. David, if you want your prayer to be esteemed on this, then it's going to have to be crushed. And the only way it can be crushed is it's going to have to involve a man. Watch me now. In Luke chapter number 18, humble prayers come from humble people. Haughty prayers come from haughty people. Luke 18, verse number 10, a parable is set before us. Two men went up into the temple to pray, the one a Pharisee and the other a publican. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank thee that I am not as other men are, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, and even as this publican. I fast twice in the week. I give tithes of all that I possess. Verse 13, and the publican, standing afar off, would not lift up so much as his eyes unto heaven. But smote upon his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For every one that exalteth himself shall be abased. And he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. The Lord saying, there's one man that was haughty and gave a haughty prayer. But there was another man that was humble and gave a humble prayer. He said, the humble man with the humble prayer will be exalted. Huh? Since the ingredients of the incense are pulverized, they have a rightful place to be on the highest piece of furniture in all the tabernacle. But they can only be there if they're pulverized to get there. He said, the humble shall be exalted. But he's got to be humble in order to get this rightful place. That's the only way the incense will be set before. It's got to be pulverized and crushed in order to get there. Someone say amen. So if we, want, if we want our prayers to be upon the altar of incense, prepared and presented and settled before the Lord like David is praying, if we want our prayers to be esteemed, then they must be crushed. The spices used in the incense, hate to tell you, didn't come prepackaged. Didn't order them from China. All right. I had these little packages. Oh, it's, it wasn't the easy stuff. Today. Well, looky here. You can just open that thing up. They didn't come prepackaged. They weren't tailor-made, if you will, from the earth for the altar. Some of them were sap. Some of them were gum. Some of them were barks. And what had to happen was somewhere a man had to crush them. Someone somewhere was pressing a pedestal and a crucifix to prepare the spices for the altar of incense. Amen. So if there's found the ingredients of the holy incense upon the holy altar of incense, 
It's because somewhere along the way they've been beaten small by a man. Let's say it like this. A man had something to do with the presentation of them before the Lord. Those spices are in their smallest, finest possible form when they come to the altar of incense because a man made them that way. But they're esteemed the highest in the tabernacle and all the tabernacle because God regards it that way. So while I'm over here in the crucible of crushing and we're getting smaller and we're getting humble and we're preparing for the presentation of the incense, when we come before the Lord, that which is the smallest and the tiniest, he says, I elevate it. David says, that's the way I want my prayers to be. Because if I'm proud, I'll never be presented. If I'm proud, it'll never profit anything. But if I allow it to be pulverized and my prayers to come forth humbly, God will exalt them. He'll regard them the highest. Though I regard them the least, he'll regard them the most. Amen. Someone say amen. So this past week, I'm sitting on the couch. My family is there alongside me. As I continue to read a book entitled Holding Heaven. Out loud, I am reading it. Our practice during the month of December has been to read a portion each night of this book, which highlights the true Christmas story from the perspective of Joseph. And so each night before we put the kids to bed, we line ourselves on the couch we each take a turn they all can read thank the lord we each take a turn reading from this book holding heaven it's a wonderful idea that that my wife had i thought it was equally as wonderful provided meaningful family time and underscored the true reason for this season and so whenever that time comes the kids are normally in their pjs and with other effects that they may have from their bedroom on the couch such as stuffed animals pillows blankets whatever you got to watch it, though, because sometimes they just take anything. As a side note, the other morning we had a real early orthodontist appointment for both of them. I told them they could take, you know, a pillow or a blanket. Trevor came in there, pillow, blanket, and his comforter off his bed. <laughs> I said, you're going to have to put that back. But nevertheless, so, so one night in particular, I was reading, and, and Mariah had, has this oversized stuffed dog that she has just recently acquired with her own money. But she is affectionately called Pluto. And it's sitting on her lap. And as I'm reading, I am to the left of, to the right of Mariah. And I'm reading that dog is right there. And it is almost as though Pluto is peering in my direction as I read. And so I couldn't contain myself. You know, I don't care if it's human or non-human. If it's staring in my direction, it makes me uneasy. And so I began to laugh a little bit because I felt the stare of Pluto in my direction as I read, and everyone enjoyed it, and we laughed, and it was a light-hearted moment that we all shared, you know, together. But this night that I read, things were different. I don't know. I can't really place a finger on ex the exact difference, but, but as I, I read, and it's, this happens when I read, it seems, but as I read, Dawn adjusted something there on our tree in the living room, and I snapped at her, thinking that her doing that while I was reading something that was so sacred was disrespectful. And, and yet, you know, along the way, previous nights, we enjoyed some humor with Pluto staring over my shoulder. You know, stuff animal on looking tonight. She does something while I was reading. I snapped at her. I continued. Each of us read. We had our time to read. It was a little bit tense, to say the least, as we read as a result of that. Later that night, sitting on the same couch, Don and I had a little spat over what happened while we were reading earlier that night. Because I was certain that what she had done was uncalled for during a very serious moment of reading. In reality, I was wrong. I had an unspoken expectation for that night that was different than it seemed like from one of the other nights that we had experienced together as a family. I didn't offer any apology. I was wrong. I was too proud to admit it, so I went off to bed, went to sleep. Men have a great way of being able to compartmentalize and set that aside and go on. The next morning, my alarm would go off as everybody else slept on, it was my call to prayer. It was my alarm to prayer. I go to our living room. I kneel down at that very same couch where we had all been sitting the night before. And without even uttering one word of prayer, God spoke to me in the way that he does. And he said, leave your gift. 
Bible says that when you come to the Lord, you leave thy gift before the altar and go your way and first be reconciled to your brother. And then come and offer your gift. I knew what God meant before I even started praying. In other words, my prayer wouldn't be set before him as incense. It wouldn't be small. It wouldn't be pulverized because a man hadn't prepared it to be that way because what was left over from a previous night. Now, I will tell you this. I didn't go up that directly time and wake her up because that would have caused a whole other issue. Um, but I did take it care of as the moment that she woke up. What it meant was I needed to make things right with my wife because humble prayers are crushed prayers that can only come from humble people. And if I wanted my incense to be set before him, my prayers to be set before him as incense, then they had to be small, minute, crushed, pulverized. And only then would they be able to be exalted upon that furnishing that's higher. Amen. The incense was set before the Lord. Is everybody all right? <laughs> the incense was set before the Lord daily. Everyone say daily. Daily. Let my prayer be set forth as incense. It was daily. For then it was two times a day. However, it wasn't just set before the Lord. It was burnt before the Lord. As a matter of fact, the greatest fragrance from the incense flowed when it was burnt before the Lord. Sure, it had an aroma in its raw, pulverized nature. But it had a greater aroma. Nothing could compare to its aroma when it was seething on hot coals. When it was being burnt. The Talmud, the recordings of the Jews, reported several different rabbis throughout the historical past concerning the aroma of burnt incense. I'll share a few with you. One said, the goats in Jericho, which is far from where Jerusalem is, the goats in Jericho used to sneeze because of the odor. Of the incense. The women in Jericho, this is them, this is not me, this is them. The women in Jericho did not have to perfume themselves because of the odor of the burnt incense from the tabernacle. The any bride that was to be married in Jerusalem did not have to perfume herself because of the odor of the incense that was in the tabernacle. Another boy says, he said, my father had goats on the mountains of Mikwar. He says, again, they sneezed often whenever the odor of the incense reached us. An old man even reported this. He said, once I was walking towards Shiloh, and this is way back, like whenever the tabernacle was set up Shiloh. We have Old Testament precedence for that. He said, I could smell the odor of the incense coming from its walls as I approached it. The smell when it was burnt. One of the ingredients of the incense is called galbanum. It's one of the three sweet spices, galbanum. History records, people even record that galbanum is bad smelling. Other people record that galbanum is sweet smelling. But the quandary of these two contrasting reports is this. Here's the solution to the discrepancy that I learned. That in its sap, gum, raw state, Calminum did smell bad, but it smelled good when it was burnt. It wasn't pleasant just in its raw state, but when it was prepared and placed on the coals, oh, there's a sweet aroma that begins to go up into the heavens. David says, I want my prayer to be set forth as incense. In other words, that meant then it was going to have to be burnt. If I could say it like this, prayer on fire is the most fragrant prayer. Prayer on fire in that way, amen, is the most properly set forth as incense type of prayer. When it's on fire, then it has impact beyond the walls of the tabernacle. When it's on fire, its impact reaches, if you will, beyond the confines of where it's offered. 
David said, I don't want my prayer just to influence and impact everything in the room where the prayer's going. But I want it to be burnt. I want it to be set forth before the Lord. I want it to be burnt. I want it to be on fire. Because I got family members that's not in this room. It needs to impact. I got loved ones and lost people beyond this place that need to be impacted. There's some far reaches and crannies it needs to go. But my prayer won't do that unless it's set forth as in sin. say yes. yes in Acts 16 and verse 25 we read of this occurrence and at midnight Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God and the prisoners heard them prisoners didn't just hear their singing prisoners heard the praying and suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundation of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were opened. And everyone's bands were loose. Someone say amen. What are you saying? I'm talking about a burning prayer. That has impact on more than just Paul and Silas's jail cell. All doors were open. All people heard them. We need prayers set before God as incense that will burn and pervade our homes and cities and community because there's people and situations around us, amen, that need the influence of a fiery prayer, of a prayer set on fire, of a prayer that's smoldering, of a... If it's galbanum, they could be they could be repulsed by the raw material. But take that same raw material and put it on some hot clothes. And it changes, if you will, the impact or what is the perspective of it. Elijah's prayer on Mount Carmel was on fire before fire ever fell. Many will say concerning Elijah, the competition between he and the prophets of Baal and the prophets of the grove. Many will tell you, of course, he watered down his altar, his sacrifice. He dug a trench around it. He filled the trench with water. Many will tell you that he sowed water by sowing water in the trench. You know, he got water. He got rain from heaven. But I'll tell you, that's not the only thing that Elijah sowed. Elijah, amen, sowed fire by the way that he presented his prayer before the Lord. And the God that answered by fire was God. Fire fell. He reaped what he sowed. Now the fire, the fire of the incense, the fire of the incense was burned upon. Could not be strange fire. We read of the story of the Old Testament of two sons of Aaron, Nadab and Abihu. The Bible says that they had, sin, they had some censers and they had incense. The Bible says that they took strange fire in before the Lord. What that means is they took a fire before the Lord that had not come from the brazen altar of sacrifice that was in the outer court. Any fire that wasn't the brazen altar or sacrifice fire from the outer court was considered strange fire. The only fire the incense was to be laid upon was the fire that came from the brazen altar, that first piece of furniture you would come to in the outer court. That fire originally, according to the scriptures in Leviticus, that fire originally was started by God. Fire from heaven came down and initially started the fire on the brazen altar. And the law tells us that that fire should never go out. The priest and those that brought the sacrifice and ordered the wood every morning for morning sacrifice and evening for evening sacrifice, all they were were maintainers of the flame. Fire guys, they were just keeping the fire going. I know that's what you guys don't want to do, but they were just keeping the fire going. The fire that was initially started by God, they kept it going. They would put the wood down again. They would put a sacrifice on there again. But then a priest would take coals. From that fiery altar and go into the holy place and lay those coals on the altar of incense 
so that now those pulverized small pieces of incense could be laid upon that fire and the smoke and the fragrance could arise unto the Lord. So walk with me here. The incense, watch, then had no way of being burnt incense. Had there not been a sacrifice made and a fire maintained on the brazen altar because the fire to burn the incense on came from there. So when David is saying, let my prayer be set before thee as incense, it even goes, it's encompassing a whole lot more than that. David then in regards to saying this, in order for it to be set forth as incense, burnt incense, then there had to be a sacrifice somewhere that preceded this. <laughs> in order for these small little pieces to burn upon and float upward in a smoky cloud unto the Lord. <laughs> So David is saying, I want my prayer to be set forth of incense, but with my prayer there must have been sacrifice. Because it isn't going to burn unless there's fire that's brought from that other altar. Amen? Oh, yes. Furthermore, you'll read in Exodus 30 that the incense was to be offered while the lamps were dressed or trimmed in other words, look at it. Exodus 30 and verses 7. I think we have them up there. Exodus 30 and verse 7. And Aaron shall burn thereon sweet incense every morning. When? Everybody say when. He's burned incense when he dresseth the lamps. He shall burn incense upon it. And Aaron lighteth the lamps at even. And when Aaron lighteth the lamps at even, when he shall burn incense upon it. A perpetual incense before the Lord God throughout your generations. See, David is tying a lot in just a simple phrase here. Because not only is he just talking about the incense, but he knew in order for the incense to be set before the Lord appropriately, it'd take the fire from the altar sacrifice. But also, if incense was being laid, then lamps had been trimmed. If incense is being laid, renewed oil for the light. This all goes together because not only did the coals from the altar, amen, the brazen altar be brought in and used for the, the, the altar of incense. They were also used, if you will, for whenever they would renew the lamps to keep the kindling and the lighting of the lamps lit. So David says, if I'm going to offer, if I'm going to offer incense, then, it, then there's some lamps that have been trimmed, oil renewed, and light that's flickering from the lamp. Someone say Amen. So when David says, let my prayer be set before thee as incense, he was ensuring that there was also then a sacrifice on the brazen altar in the outside to provide coals for his incense. And he was also ensuring the dressing and the lighting of the lamps because the incense was offered when those things were done as well. So if there wasn't no incense, it meant no lamp got trimmed, no fresh oil was renewed, it meant there was no light. Because whenever you enter into the holy place, you're not in the outer court now. There is no natural light in the holy place. In the holy place, you got all these skins over the top. You got the surroundings around. You're talking, it's dark if there's not a light. It's dark. It's pitch dark. David says, let my prayer be as incense. <laughs> because if I say that, then when the lamps are trimmed, that's when the incense is laid. He says, whenever I say let, their, let my prayer be as incense, I am ensuring there will be light in the darkness. It's not coming no other way. The lamp has to be trimmed. It's got to be renewed with oil. Somebody hear me today? It's got all throughout Scripture, oil many times, amen, is indicative of the Spirit of the Lord. Oil, anointing, things like that, Spirit of the Lord. We need times of renewing of the presence of the oil of the Lord in our own lives. David says, if I'm saying I want to be set, my incense set before you as incense, then I am securing the fact that there's going to be a renewal of oil <laughs> so the light can shine. Boy, there's a lot dependent, David, on your prayer, isn't there? This is more than a vending machine. You put a few coins in and get what you 
punch E9 for and get a bag of Doritos out. Someone say amen. No incense, no lamp trim. No presentation of incense appropriately, no fresh oil. No presentation of incense appropriately of it being burned, no sacrifice on the altar. If it isn't set forth correctly, then none of those other things have happened either. Because prayer set forth appropriately and arranged rightly needs a sacrifice. Enduring prayer, daily prayer, prepared keep the light lit and what otherwise would be darkness and for that matter folks it, it, it's kind of like pulling a string on your garment you pull here and it snags all the way across if you pull prayer it's pulling at the altar the sacrifice it's pulling at the lampstand for that matter it's pulling the table of shoe bread because they couldn't even see the bread on the table if it wasn't for the light of the lamp And David's connected in it all through the presentation of his prayer. <laughs> First Kings. I'm closing. Stand with me. First Kings. Chapter 8 and verse 29. <laughs> Solomon, David's son. The temple has been completed. He makes a pretty lengthy prayer unto the Lord. And in his prayer, he states these words. He states a lot of words, but he states some of these words in particular. I just wish to draw your attention to real quickly. Solomon prays and says that thine eyes may be open toward this house night and day even toward the place of which thou hast said, he's praying to the Lord, my name shall be there, that thou mayest hearken unto the prayer which thy servant shall make toward this place. Sometimes he says that they would pray in this place. Here in other places, though, it's toward this place, as though they are not there. But that doesn't keep them from asking the Lord for their prayer to be set forth as incense, though separated from that place. He says in verse 30, that thou mayest hearken to the prayer which thy servant, verse 29, the last phrase, that thou mayest hearken unto the prayer which thy servant shall make toward this place. Verse 30, and hearken thou to the supplication of thy servant and of thy people Israel when they shall pray toward this place. Hear thou in heaven thy dwelling place when thou hearest forgive. The other recording of 2 Chronicles 6.29, which is the recording of what has happened in Kings. It's basically the same thing, but I want to read it to you. Verse 29, then what prayer or supplication soever shall be made of any man or of all thy people Israel, when everyone shall know his own sore and his own grief, and shall spread forth his hands in this house. It's alluding to that second aspect of the verse, which we might do next week. He says, when, when, and he says this all along the way, whenever, you can read all of 1 Kings 8, whenever, when, whenever we're far in a distant land, and this has happened or that happened, and plague has come or this has come, and we lift up our hands, and we make prayer toward this place. Hear us, forgive us, do this. He is basically, he is basically uttering it without uttering it, what his father David no doubt has taught him that when you can't get to the tabernacle, <laughs> you can still get to the tabernacle. <laughs> when no priest can go in and offer incense for you, you can, in a measure and a way, by prayer, get incense offered regardless. It's just got to be set forth right. It's got to happen daily. It's got to be crushed in order for it to be esteemed. It's got to be on fire. Huh? And if it happens, it's ensuring all these other things are happening as well because of its strategic placement and dependency on all these other things. Prayer 
set forth as incense. That would be a great prayer to pray this coming year, but you better mean it when you pray it. Because entailed are all those things. It's got to be on fire. You, the man or the woman's got to be a participant in the pulverizing. I want my prayer to stink before the Lord. Galbanum that's in its raw form without being on fire. No, 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 no. And I want its impact to be far-reaching. I want it to impact more than my family, more than my church family. I hope and pray that it impacts nations. The ability to impact nations. We go to the Lord right now in prayer here this morning. This altar is open today. Maybe perhaps you've went to your altar like me this past week. You need to go leave your gift and you need to go make something right in order for that gift to be able to be accepted in the presence of the Lord. God, I come to you right now. I pray, oh Lord, let my prayer, God, be set forth before thee, God, as incense. I pray, oh Lord Jesus, today, God, help me, Lord. God, the pulverizing, Lord Jesus, the making fall small and minute, I pray. God, so that it can have an esteemed, Lord God, place, God, in your presence. God, exposed to your power, I pray, oh Lord, today. God, its reaches need to go beyond the confines of my prayer closet. Its reaches need to go beyond the confines of my home, Lord, or a prayer room. I pray, oh God, sacrifices needful and the trimming of the lamp and the renewing of the oil. And Lord Jesus, the security, Lord, of a light, God, in a darkened space, God, is absolutely God. It's needful, I pray, God, in our hour. It's needful, Lord Jesus, in our day. Oh, Lord, oh, Lord. God, when we cannot get there, when he could not get there, he still could get there. Lord, through the venue and the avenue of prayer, God, it will take us places. It will get us, Lord Jesus, into realms. Lord, we not even, Lord Jesus, have been to or thought of, but God, when it's presented appropriately and prepared rightly, when it's enduring, when it's settled, Lord Jesus, it will have, Lord, impact. God, be on our minds, even come comprehension or understanding oh God in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that I pray hallelujah 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 and the church say amen hallelujah hallelujah amen amen if I could just have a thank you for listening if you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you, and have a blessed day.